Hey, Drew Dixon back with you for another Bible Thump. Um, last week was crazy, wasn't it? Um, and really this week is still pretty crazy. Um, things don't seem really to have calmed down. Things feel really unsettled to me in a way that I don't remember in my lifetime. That's not to say that it hasn't been a time when things were more unsettled. I think there certainly probably was, and I just don't recall it. I'm a very half-glass-full kind of person. I don't like to dwell on past negative experiences, so um, it's easy for me to sort of look at what's going on in our country right now and go like, man, I don't remember when things were ever this messed up. Um, And that may or may not be true. So when I say it feels really unsettled um, in a way that is new and unique, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. I'm just sharing my heart and how I feel um, because I think there's value in uh, trying to be a bit vulnerable uh, with one another. And that's what I'm trying to do. Um, But I do believe that in the midst of times when we feel unsettled and uncertain, um, that the message about Jesus that we find in the Bible is really good and helpful and encouraging and um, strengthening in a way that will help us get through times when we feel really anxious and, and uncertain. So, Uh, Last week, we looked at Jesus beginning his earthly ministry and how he overcame temptation in the wilderness with Satan and uh, how, in doing so, he became this representative for us that would succeed where where people have constantly failed, right? Everyone has given in to the temptation to eat from that tree um, and to try and do life on their own, to try and take life on their own terms and decide for themselves what's good and what's evil and what's right and what's wrong and and what constitutes a good life. Um, And Jesus sort of begins his earthly ministry by sort of turning that on his head with this message, right? Uh, Verse 14 of Mark 1, After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus invites us to this really beautiful and life-giving reality that we can turn away from thinking that we're in charge and that we get to decide what's right and wrong and that we get to do life on our own terms. We can turn away from that, which is ultimately destructive and ultimately harms us and harms our neighbors. And we can turn to this reality that God is working in the world and he is establishing a kingdom, right, that has come near, that is here and now, that God's doing something, whether we see it or not. Um, And he invites us to to be involved in a really profound way. Um, in fact, we're going to see in this next passage, which is going to be the focus of, of today's Bible Thump, um, we're going to see Jesus invite people explicitly, people like us, uh, invite us explicitly to join him in this kingdom work. So this is, the, this is what we see next in Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 16. As he, Jesus, passed alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, Simon's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, Jesus told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat putting their nets in order. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So weird story, right? Um, and, And it feels really radical, I think when we read it. But I think maybe we don't even quite grasp how radical it really would have been in Jesus' day for um, for someone to show up essentially at the place of employment of someone and say, hey, um, you know, drop everything and follow me. Um, I think of like Jerry Maguire. Right? If, you, if you haven't seen that, uh, you should watch it maybe. I mean, 
if you want to, right? But there's this moment when uh, Jerry Maguire, uh, Tom Cruise plays Jerry Maguire, and he he kind of has this revelation that the way he's been working and the way their company's been working isn't isn't quite the right way, and he he's like, all right, who's with me? And no one follows him except for one other person, right? And it's really awkward and funny, but um, we we can't get our minds around this because we don't. I think have the same view of vocation and work that people did in the ancient world. Um, it's important to remember that in Jesus's day, there were no colleges. Like if you quit your job, um, it was a really big deal. Like if you left your family occupation, that was a huge deal. I mean, there were generations of fishermen, uh, most likely, and Peter and Andrew and John and James's family. Um, they've been doing this probably for decades. And, um, there were there was no college or trade school to go to. There's no myitcareer.com to to look to as a backup plan. Um, if they left their nets, there there was nothing really for them. There's no backup career to fall into. Um, your family was your vocation and career, um, and so this was a huge huge deal. So I just want to make a few points about. Um, some things that we can draw out from this passage about the kingdom of God and about the good news about Jesus. So that's the focus of Mark's gospel, is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, which that's what he says at the very beginning. That's what this book that I'm writing is going to be about. It's going to be about Jesus the Messiah. And that tells us that that this is a, a, a story, Mark's gospel is a story about God's movement in the world, his rescue plan, his desire to bring people like us into a relationship with God in a really profound and beautiful and life-giving way. So here's some, some, some things we can, we can take from this story about, about the kingdom and about the good news. First, I want you to know you're invited. You are invited to celebrate and participate in the good news of God's rescue plan. You are wanted. You're not disqualified. There's nothing you've done in the past that would make you not fit for this kingdom. There's nothing um, that that God looks at in your character and goes, mm, you may not really measure up. An important reality about Peter and Andrew and James and John is that we know nothing about them. Like, really, we know nothing about them other than that they were fishermen, which wasn't that impressive in the ancient world. It wasn't like a, a high-profile career or um, something that people would look at and go, oh, you man, you're a fisherman. Like, tell me your thoughts about the world. (laughs) You know, I think of how in our day we're uh, sort of obsessed with knowing what celebrities think. And I often wonder, like, why do we care what they think about politics or whatever else? Um, But, uh, you know, nobody was going to fishermen for their advice or for their thoughts on politics or philosophy or religion. Um, They weren't influential. They weren't particularly important in the ancient world. They were important in the sense, like, fishing is a really worthwhile and life-giving vocation. Like when you fish, um, it's you are providing food for yourself and for others in a way that makes their lives better. So don't hear me saying it wasn't it wasn't a good occupation. It was a wonderful and good occupation with 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 tremendous dignity. But um, but it's interesting that Jesus begins his earthly ministry not by seeking out rabbis, religious leaders of his day, or or Pharisees, or um, or politicians, or um, you know, but the first people he seeks out are average, everyday, ordinary folks. Um, and Jesus wants those kinds of folks. They're invited, they're wanted, they're invited to celebrate 
and participate in his good news. Jesus doesn't just call them to follow him. He says, follow me because I'm going to give you a new vocation. He promises that they'll play a really important part in the kingdom he is establishing. He's been preaching. Like, it's important to know, like, I don't think Jesus just, we have this vision sometimes of Jesus just showing up on the beach and saying, hey guys, come follow me. Like, and they had never met him before, never heard from him before. I think they had heard that message that Mark said Jesus was proclaiming, right? This message of the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come. Uh, come near, repent, and believe the gospel. They had heard that message. And that's the message I think that they're responding to. They're repenting. This is their their way of repenting, of turning um, from how life has always been to embrace a life where they're going to have to rely and trust Jesus for everything. And that's what we're invited to do as well. And he says, but he doesn't just uh, tell them to come follow him. He gives them he gives them this new vocation. He says, I'm going to make you fish for people. In other words, I'm going to use you to tell more people this good news, to invite more people into this good kingdom, to invite more people to participate and celebrate in the good news of God's rescue plan, right? Um, second thing I think we see in this text, and then we've already kind of talked about this, but it it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. Um, participating in the kingdom of God Embracing the good news about Jesus won't be easy, but it will be worth it. Um, it must have been terrifying for the for these these guys to drop their nets and follow Jesus, to leave their families and follow Jesus. Uh, to, that was their source of security. That was their source of of of, of a future, like for their for their families, um, and to to leave all that behind for a time at least, and say, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to trust him. Would have been would have been really scary, but it would be worth it. Because the work Jesus is doing is really good and really powerful and is going to change the world. And I want you to know you're invited to that too. And it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. The third thing I think we see in this passage is that God is on the move in our world on a deeper level than we realize. God is on the move in our world on a deeper, on a far deeper level than we realize. Um, if you were to walk down the street of any, <laughs> any city, right, and were to call out to people, repent and believe the gospel, um, I think most people would think you're saying, okay, turn away from your sin and become a Christian, right? Like, uh, pray this prayer or whatever, like, you know, come join this church. And of course, Jesus wanted people to stop sinning. Um, but when he talks about repentance, um, he means two rather different things as well. It means turning away from the social and political agendas which were driving Israel in that day and were driving Rome in that day. He's not, I want you to know, like, following Jesus isn't an, is not, following Jesus is not an invitation to a conservative or liberal political agenda. And listen, I think we have a tendency to think that our side of the aisle politically has it right and is doing well. But listen, um, Jesus doesn't side with conservatives or democrats republicans or or um progressives like that's not his beef that's not his interest um and by the way the platform on which your candidate your side of the aisle politically is is moving and running trust me the agenda of jesus is so much better so much more life-giving so much more fair so much more just so much more beautiful and so much more beneficial to to the world around us 
And I think the call to follow Jesus is a call to a much more profound agenda. Uh, the agenda of love. The agenda of loving God and loving our neighbors. It's really simple. That's the greatest command, right? To love God and to love our neighbors. And Jesus invites us to that and invites us to be uh, vessels that proclaim his good news, that invite people to that beautiful, good, life-giving, empowering agenda um, that transcends politics and that is so much bigger than the political world. And listen, um, like following Jesus may mean for many of you in, in some really important and profound ways. It might mean getting very political or engaging in politics in, in some key ways. Like, don't hear me saying politics are not important or engaging politically is not important. That's not what I'm saying. It may, it, following Jesus might mean that for you. But I hope that you know um, that the message uh, that we see here uh, of, of Jesus, the good news about Jesus we read in Mark's gospel, reminds us that God's on the move in ways far deeper than we realize, in ways more profound than we realize. And knowing this, gives us courage to live, to live in and spread his love, to live in God's love and spread his love despite what it might cost us. And it might cost us. It might cost us big. Um, Right now, there are consequences, I think, profound consequences in our culture for loving people. Um, If you love certain people on one side of the aisle politically, um, you're immediately on the outs with the other or vice versa. That's the way it feels right now. We're so divided. But Jesus tells us to embrace his agenda, which is an agenda of inviting people, inviting all people to participate in his kingdom and to embrace his work and to spread the good news to all people of God's love and of his rescue plan and of his his desire for you and I to be a part. I hope you see that. I hope that encourages you. Um, There will be consequences, but I promise you it will be worth it. Things are frustrating and anxious and difficult now, but I promise um, at least the message that we see here in Mark, I promise you that it's good and that it promises us a good and beautiful future. So let's engage in that work. Um, No matter how frustrating or anxious things are now, um, we've been given a good and beautiful role in a good and beautiful kingdom. Thanks for your time. If nobody else tells you, I hope you know that Jesus loves you, nerd.